This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Wash my hands of this weirdness. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Wednesday, July 29th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. I'm joined by my co-host, Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, how are you doing this morning? Oh, buddy, exhausted. Definitely not uh, brought a bushy tail like yesterday, but that's okay. It's uh, it's another day. It's the middle of the week. Uh, we're halfway there. So, yep. As we'll find out, it is Hump Day. Hmm. But how are uh, you doing, man? You know, I like you. I'm dragging a little bit, but you know what? I'm gonna pull through. It's a two-hour show. We'll make it work. Yeah, we'll get through it. Exactly. We'll get, today should be a pretty interesting and fun show. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So now I'm going to ask a question like I do each and every day. Tony, when you were married, you uh, had two dogs. You had uh, two Shiba Inus. One was Shadow. The other was Vanilla Fudge, right? Vanilla Thunder. Vanilla Thunder. <laughs> that's right. Va- va- vanilla, vanilla Fudge is funny, though. But yeah, it was Vanilla <laughs> Thunder uh, based off of Marshall's nickname and How I Met Your Mother. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, when you would take them for a walk, what would you do to get ready to prepare to go out on that walk, especially if it was a warm summer day? Uh, you know, I would just get... Uh... I used to work morning merch at the time. So, you know, you get up early, you'd go do uh, work, you know, eight, eight and a half hours of work. And then uh, you had to just make sure you didn't sit down on the couch. And then, uh, you know, I would just get the dogs prepped and uh, I guess get my music ready and then uh, go out for a nice little stroll around the neighborhood. So, so I assume you remember, right? Yeah, you'd put on some uh, some good tennis shoes um obviously you know your headphones if you're listening to music mm-hmm. uh, you know some light shorts and and you know maybe a t-shirt but uh you know pr- pretty straightforward as far as it goes right yeah yeah pretty standard anytime you can go on a walk i mean you get the essentials right the headphones and uh shorts and uh yeah comfy <laughs> shoes are always a uh, a requirement for that <laughs> well here is uh a case where None of those were followed. So an early morning nude walk on Monday eventually led to a fight with cops and a Hopkinton couple facing numerous charges. Police arrested Mariel Kinney, 32, and Kevin Pinto, 30, after the 6.30 a.m. incident on Hayden Row Street. Quote, it was kind of wild, said Police Chief Joseph Bennett. It wasn't the typical, uh, typical day in Hopkinton, that's for sure. They were buck naked. 
Police went to Hayden Rose Street after receiving calls about two naked people walking a dog. Officers saw Kinney and Pinto, who were completely nude, walking down the street with a medium-sized black dog named Lucy. According to the officers, she was a very good dog. Question if they were okay and why they were unclothed, Kinney and Pinto either said they didn't want to answer or answered incoherently, Bennett said. During questioning, the couple yelled and swore at the officers, resisting any efforts of de-escalation. Quote, there was a short foot pursuit. Both people ran when they were told they were going to be arrested. Police caught up to the <laughs> pair who struggled violently. Pinto struck officers several times with the heel of his palm, while Kinney also struck officers. One officer was taken to a local hospital to be treated for minor injuries. He has since been released and is at home recovering. Police arrested Kinney and Pinto and charged them with indecent exposure, assault, and battery of a police officer, disturbing the peace, disorderly conduct, and resisting arrest. Could you imagine being the officer showing up to that and trying to detain two unruly naked people? How about no? That would be the craziest. It'd be like your Monday, right? (laughs) It was that officer's Monday, like... What am I going to walk into on my Groundhog Day today? Oh, okay. Um, Two naked-ass people running down the street. Twigs and berries and joblies. Fun. (laughs) What I was looking forward to. I mean, no, I I always brace myself every day what I'm going to walk into, but uh, that is not something that ever crosses my mind that I'm going to have to face. So, no, I have poor guy or gal, whatever officer (laughs) into that. That's that's a rough day. That is a Wednesday for that, for sure. (laughs) And, you know, I get, you know, there's a nudist lifestyle that's out there and, you know, not everybody's into it. But, you know, there are certain laws that people have to follow. But, you know, if you are going to be questioned by police, be calm, be respectful. Um, and if you're naked, certainly don't turn tail and run because there's just no. stuff flapping everywhere. I'm sure. Uh, you know what would have been great is just if they if the if it was a slow montage and the Baywatch theme just started playing. <laughs> no, that'd be awful. Uh, be really awful. I guess the only thing worse would be is if they were uh, greased up in like baby oil. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give you another. How about new? Fair enough. But, uh, yeah, like I said, we live in a crazy, crazy world. And, you know, yeah. we, we just like to highlight some of the uh, the, the weirder stuff that uh, we come across. Yeah, yeah. I was not expecting one of those today. I was, I was expecting another, uh, like, crazy killer or somebody got pissed or something. I actually had one of those pulled up and then uh, came uh, across this one. I was like, you know what? We need something a little bit on the, the lighter side today. Yeah, you know, a lot, of, a lot, of, a lot more uh, nude, you know. Right. Well, it is Wednesday, and uh, we've got a great show lined up for you. Home day, yeah! Speaking of great show, we have Animal Tales, sponsored by RoughRiders.org, a segment called Worst Buys. We have a special AMA Ask Me Anything guest, Alice Little, who's a legal sex worker and intimacy educator for the Moonlight Bunny Ranch. We have questions for men this day in history and up next tony is here with the entertainment news folks don't go anywhere we'll be right back are you shy and don't want to talk on the air text us your questions or comments 
to 775-237-2266. Now back to the show. And we are back. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Wednesday, July 29th. We love interaction from the audience, whether it's on our Facebook page or if you guys give us a call on the Phoenix line. Now, the Phoenix line is a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to call in on any topic whatsoever. We just ask that you keep it entertaining. That number is 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973. Could be, like I said, on any topic. Just to check in. Tell us how we're doing could be on a subject we're talking about. Hey, maybe you were one of those people who went on a early morning walk nude and uh, had a confrontation with the police and uh, you want to fill us in on it. We don't know. We just ask that you call the Phoenix line. Well, it is the second segment in the show. And as we do each and every day, Tony is here with the entertainment news. Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, July 29th, and this is your Filippo Fast Five. Xbox Live games for the month of August. Yesterday, we talked about PlayStation free games. Well, if you're an Xbox Live game member or Game Pass member, uh, the August games will be Portal Knights, Override, MX Unleashed, and Red Faction 2. I've only heard of the last two games. Uh, MX Unleashed is a fun uh, motocross game, so if you have an Xbox... There you go. Uh, IMAX employees have seen Tenet, and they love it. It is still aiming uh, for a September 1st limited run, so fingers crossed there. Uh, Comic-Con tweets are down 95% from last year's convention. In all fairness, that is skewed based on the fact that that was just straight up released on YouTube, and that's about it. Kind of hard to tweet about limited panels there right uh chucky the tv show that's coming out based off the killer doll um will be allowed to drop eight to ten f-bombs in each episode on the sci-fi series so if you were expecting a watered down version of chucky which i thought being on tv that definitely be a little on the watered down size at least with language will not it will be allowed to drop eight to ten f-bombs so Sorry, Jack, Chucky's back. <laughs> and lastly, Dave Franco's The Rental beat the 1984 Karate Kid to be the number one movie at the box office this week. And that was your Fast Five. Now, this is the news. I didn't write up a teaser, so I'm just going to get right into the articles today. Uh, Universal and AMC have decided to patch things up and agreed to shorten the theatrical window to 17 days, a historic deal that should send shockwaves through the industry. Universal Pictures and AMC theaters have reached a deal that shortens the time between when a movie premieres to theaters and when it's able to to be on other platforms like video on demand. The new deal makes it so that Universal can move its films after just three weeks in theaters. Traditionally, movie distributors and cinemas agreed to let movie run in theaters for 90 days before getting the option to make them available in homes. As reported by the New York Times, the new deal shortens this time considerably to just 17 days, after which films have the option to be distributed via premium video on demand. Universal will also be able to control whether a film plays in theaters longer than 17 days, meaning it can choose to keep movies like Fast and Furious or Jurassic World in theaters for longer if need be. It'll probably be longer, I would 
be my take on that. Mm. Uh, the partnership uh, we forged with AMC is driven by our collective desire to ensure a thriving future for the film distribution ecosystem and to meet consumer demand with flexibility and options, says uh, Universal Film Entertainment Group Chairman Donna Langley in a statement. AMC and Universal previously were in a dispute just a few months ago. Uh, the AMC claimed it would no longer show Universal Films after Universal decided to release the animated film Troll World Tour right on video on demand while theaters were closed. Again, can't blame uh, Universal for doing what they had to do. Um, but that's a, that's a pretty dang uh, uh, big news. I mean, that... Uh, that really gives the uh, the uh, distribution uh, more options right there, and uh, they, the theaters will still get the runs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I didn't mean it to make it sound like that, but they'll get the run of the uh, movies. But uh, it, it just doesn't have to be as long now. Uh, what do you think of this? Is this a? I mean, in these crazy times, it seems like that makes sense. But uh, when things hopefully get back to normal. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, interesting. I had no doubt that they would patch things up. Uh, and actually, it kind of makes sense, you know. Uh, at 17 days, I don't know why they said three weeks. 17 days is basically two weeks and a couple days. But, uh, yeah. you know, if a movie is underperforming in the theaters, then it gives Universal the chance to lease, uh, uh, or release it on premium on-demand, which, you know, some movies do better at home. Some people just don't want to head to the theaters for something that's not maybe a, a big budget, big action, big comedy, something that quite requires the theater. Um, and then they have the option, obviously, with uh, some of the bigger budget movies that they can keep them in there longer. It, it just makes me think back to the days of VHS where a movie would be released and then you didn't get it on VHS for a minimum of six months. Sometimes yeah. it was a year before you saw the home release. Yeah, you didn't see a home release for a long time. And that's obviously been a lot quicker over time. It seems like it's out in the theater and a couple months later, it's already out on Blu-ray or on demand. So, you know, this is just a lot. This is a lot speeding up the process. And I agree with you. I think having uh, I think they did it right with Scoob and Trolls World Tour. I think when you have a lot, you know, if you're in a big family, you got a lot of kiddos, you can't really afford to go to the theater, you know, for someone like you and I that like to just go to the theater and see certain movies, uh, you know, we'll still go. And obviously the ones with the families that uh, would rather just have a uh, home time, well, they'll go that route as well. Well, I think the big test will be Bill and Ted Face the Music because that'll be the first movie to come out that's coming out both uh, in theaters and premium video on demand to see how those would play together. Everything else up until now has either been purely premium video on demand and then sort of making its way to theaters or started in theaters, coronavirus shut everything down, and then they worked their way over to premium video on demand. This is going to be the first you know, true uh, planned attack in that fashion. Right. So uh, there you go, guys. Uh, theaters should be rolling out hopefully at the end of August. And uh, we'll keep you updated here every time we hear something new. Excellent. Um, um, you were uh, your kids have played the game Cuphead, right? Yeah. Real yeah. cool animated game started out it, on the Xbox as an exclusive. They made it to switch. Well, now it is uh, it just snuck on yesterday, but Cuphead is now officially out for the PlayStation 4. So if you're a PlayStation owner and uh, you've always looked at Cuphead, which is a little platformer, uh, 
excellent animation style. Um, sort of like an old school Disney animation style. Yeah, it's 1930s, plays like 2020 is what the headline says. Nice. Um, real fun game. Uh, Cuphead is now available on PlayStation 4. Um, it'll be available for 19.99, and it will have some extra levels, which will also be coming out on an update for the Xbox and Switch. So nice. um, they still have. Uh, there's. They're also going to be passing more information that the Cuphead show, which will be an animated one, will be on Netflix. So it, this it seems like they've really spun off. It's just a little cup, you know, a little mughead just filmed. But. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, wanted to pass it along because I thought it was a really cool game. And uh, if you're just strictly a PlayStation owner and you don't have the others, uh, there you go. You can get that game out today. And uh, you had passed along a a cool story to me yesterday. We talked how R.L. Stein, uh, the babysitter, will get uh, with TV series. Well, R.L. Stein will also set out new books. And he's writing a new set of series based on the Garbage Pail Kids. Um Things are about to get a little slimy. Um, so R.L. Stein fans meet R.L. Slime, the legendary author behind Goosebumps and Fear Street, will publish a middle grade series based on the Topps Company's pop culture phenomenon, gar- gar- Garage Pail, Garbage Pail Kids. Entertainment Weekly announced exclusively the author reached a three book deal with publisher Abrams Children's Books, beginning with Welcome to Smellville, which will be out this fall. Garbage Pail Kids launched in 1985 as collectible sticker cards and has grown into include merchandise such as T-shirts, toys, mobile and board games, and more. In R.L. Stein's vision, the Garbage Pail Kids are gross and weird and strange, but they're not bad kids. They just don't know any better. Welcome to Smellville introduced Adam Bomb, Brainy Janie, Junk Food John, and Nervous Rex as they get into mischief, battling bullies, and their arch enemies, the perfects i didn't even know they had our channel i, didn't I really either. don't huh. know the whole story they just look like cabbage patch kids just doing gross things uh the artwork of it is great it's uh done up by the original artists um it's just really cool looking here um i'll have to share it on our page but uh nonetheless you can expect it this fall and uh it's got a fare better than the uh, 1986 movie, the oh. live action one. Woof. Yeah, that was pretty terrible. Woof. Now, we all, all collected Garbage Pail Kids. Were you the type of person who kept them on the card, or did you pull the sticker off and stick them on stuff? Um, I'm going to have to say I had the cards because I still have a whole binder of them as a kid, surprisingly. Oh, so nice. I don't know why I pointed here because it's in my closet. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I had them. Now, there was a couple like if I had doubles and stuff, I would put them on. I would put them on things just if I had the doubles. OK. Yeah. yeah, it wouldn't be like if I only had one run of it, it would go in the binder. But uh, yeah. So very, very still cool. have a, quite a few of them. How about you? Were you the one that stuck them all over everything? Oh, no. I was like you. I'd organize them, put them in a binder. You know, if, if they even started to peel a little bit, I'd get nervous. Yeah, I definitely kept them. Um, and then lastly, and I don't, you know what? I'm going to actually save this one because it's already 27 after. Yeah. Um, I didn't do a teaser, so I'll save this one for uh, tomorrow's story. So we'll just roll right into birthday since time is just flowing. Sounds good. It's my birthday. 
Oh yeah, February. February twenty ninth. Wow, February twenty ninth. That's what it says on my thing. I think I took an old note and just put it on there. Uh, July twenty ninth birthdays today. Jacoby Shaddix, the lead singer of Papa Roach, is forty four. Give that guy a plastic. Cut his life into pizza. Give him a plastic fork. Yeah. Uh, Dak Prescott, the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, is twenty six. Josh Radner. He plays um, Ted Mosby, who my life and how I met your mother is 45. Will Wheaton is 47. Dude doesn't look 47, but he's, no, he 47. Don't. he's aging well. Uh, country singer Martina McBride is 53. Best player of the world, Getty Lee. He's a bass player for Rush, 66. And Scott Steiner, the wrestler, Big Papa Pump, the genetic freak, 57. That's your birthdays today. Kind of a cool little group there. Yeah, definitely. Well, that does it for uh, entertainment news. When we come back, we've got Animal Tales, sponsored by RoughRiders.org. Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a few. Want to expand your advertising dollar? Sponsor this or any America Matters program by calling 775-827-8900, extension 2. Now, back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Wednesday, July 29th. We are all over social media with many of you watching us on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. We also rebroadcast every evening on the AUN TV network. That's 13 stations across Northern California and Northern Nevada. Now, if you want to get a hold of us on social media, I'm available at Facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K. Phoenix with an F, radio, of course, with an R, or on Instagram at Christian Phoenix. Tony's available at Facebook.com forward slash Tony dot Sanfilippo, that's S-A-N-F-I-L-I-P-P-O dot nine four, or on Instagram at Tony dot Sanfilippo 81. And Ryan, who is out this week, uh, out on a job, getting some work done, is available at Facebook.com forward slash Ryan dot Wink, or on Instagram at Names Wink. Now, being that it is Wednesday, and as we do each and every Wednesday, we have Animal Tales sponsored by RoughRiders.org. Now, Rough Riders is a local dog rescue nonprofit, 501c3, dedicated to the transport of dogs from the rural kill shelters into uh, the shelters and uh, uh, rescues that are here in the Reno area. Give them a second chance at life and help find them a home. Uh, now, the one thing about RoughRiders.org right now is that uh, we've been experiencing some domain issues. So the website is down, but uh, still encourage people to head over to the Facebook page. That's Facebook.com forward slash RoughRidersSaves. Now, with that being said, let's get into Animal Tales. Dogs and the cats, they take up the middle where the honeybee hums and the cricket fiddles, the donkey brays and the pony neighs, the old grape badger sighs. Listen to the bass, it's a one on the bottom where the bullfrog croaks and the hippopotamus moans and groans with the big to-do and the old cow just goes moo. It's hard to be down when you hear a song like that, right? 
Yeah, it just gets it just gets it going for the morning, you know? It sure does. The cast goes moo. <laughs> I said it before, but it reminds me of those old, old toys we had when we were kids where you would pull the string and it would oh, yeah. spin the thing around and says the, the speak the speak and say kind of spins around. Yeah, yeah. That cow says moo. <laughs> All right. Well, let's kick off this animal tales and start off with our very first story. So, so the newest branch of the military has a new addition. In a Thursday, last Thursday video, the 30th Space Wing of the U.S. Space Force introduced Ghost, its newest military working horse. The video also made it clear that the 20th Space Wing has se several horses, despite being the branch of the military that could probably least use a horse, though horses in a plane or a boat probably aren't a good idea either. Of course, as the video makes clear, the formerly wild Mustang acquired through the Bureau of Land Management won't be achieving zero gravity anytime soon. Oh, that's good news. Ghost will, be, <laughs> Ghost will be used to monitor the 30th Space Wing's Vandenberg Air Force Base as part of its Conservation Military Working Horse Force. Why? That's uh, some rhyme there. Helping military members reach parts of the California Coastal Base that aren't easily accessible by foot or vehicle. So, uh, yeah, you know, it, when I first saw the headline for the story that a uh, horse was becoming part of Space Force... I was very curious on how that would work if they were testing horses in zero gravity. Obviously, that's not the case. It's a little more of a practical use in uh, patrolling uh, the areas around their bases. Right. That's uh, it. Just at least they have a game plan with all that. It's just interesting. The yeah. whole thing. It's yeah. just neat. Well, the nice yeah. thing is, it's a wild horse, or at least uh, you know, a domesticated wild horse, however you want to put it, uh, saved from the Bureau of Land Management, where uh, you know, right now, wild horses are struggling a little bit. You know, their uh, uh, food is scarce, water is scarce, and especially here in the northern Nevada area, there are a lot of uh, organizations that are dedicated to the care of wild horses. So it's nice to see that the U.S. government's doing something on their part as well. Right. I was just going to ask, too, you know, like how I didn't see I only saw a group of wild horses once when I was back home in June. And usually you see them all over the place, but I only yeah. saw it one time. Well, it depends on where you go. You know, if you go up by where the landfill is, they're all over that area. And then some of the newer developments that are down on the south end of town, um, obviously the horses are used to being there, but, uh, you know, they're finding uh, that horses are roaming the streets and the neighborhoods and so it's a weird sight for sure yeah it's uh, when i was a kid i didn't ever understand i go why are all the horses just running around well because they're wild horses tony that's why yes as, Jeez. The, as the neil young song and uh silence of the lambs uh, so aptly tells us what horses or the movie fear the right <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry that just always sticks with me because of a teenage as a teenage boy so <laughs> that's a good movie too all right uh moving on to our next story <laughs> so, so being a journalist can put one in some pretty wild and unexpected circumstances perhaps no one knows better now than bbc news reporter alex dunlop on january 8th dunlop visited the bantam zoo in norfolk england for a report on the animal count at the facility while filming the segment, a group of lemurs decided they wanted to be front and center and climbed all over and around Dunlop as he tried to vain, tried in vain to do his job. 
The zoo's lemurs used Dunlop as little more than a human jungle gym, occasionally giving him a slight nip on the hand. The hilarious clip in which Dunlop seems both slightly frustrated and highly amused by the ridiculous set of furry circumstances, not fury circumstances, has since gone viral. The BBC correspondent assured viewers via his Twitter page that no lemurs were hurt in the making of this movie and wrote a blog post on the surreality, surreality, words are hard, folks. I'm I'm, I'm just telling you, on the surrealty of going viral and what it was like filming the now infamous moment. Quote, doing a piece to cameras with a few lemurs seemed like a good idea before I entered their pen, but quickly descended into farce. Dominant rogue red ruffed lemur, that's a mouthful, was trying to hog the spotlight, which whipped the others into a frenzy. The reporter joked that after a career filled with moments reporting on serious topics, He says, my journalistic epitaph could be this, being mobbed by a bunch of lemurs in Norfolk. Uh, He concluded the post with the reassurance that only one injury was sustained at Bantam Zoo, my pride. And uh, I'm going to post this on our Facebook page so you guys can check it out. But it is hilarious trying to see him regain his composure while lemurs are just climbing all over him. Oh, man, that'd be so difficult to do your job with them all over you or just anything in general. So, right. <laughs> Jeez. yeah, well worth a check out. Like I said, uh, check back a little bit later on our Facebook page. And, and, you know, if you're feeling down today, this will definitely get your spirits up. All right, let's move on to our next animal tale. So the uh, the title is Kinky Crown of Metal Thorn Stops Pigeons from Pooping on Lenin Statue. Obviously, pet pigeons can be a little bit of an issue in some of the uh, uh, the more metro areas, but a, a statue of Vladimir Lenin in Magadan, Russia, looks as clean and fresh. Magadan? That's a cool name. Magadan, <laughs> Russia. Magadan. Russia. So the statue looks as clean and fresh as the well-preserved Marxist himself, thanks to a set of metal spikes right out of a Clive Barker horror film, obviously referencing Pinhead from Hellraiser. Okay, so statues don't get much respect these days, but don't blame pigeons. The feathery flocks have been dumping on outdoor bronzes for centuries. Indeed, these avian hipsters have defaced monuments long before it was cool. What to do about the doo-doo? Well, you go heavy metal on their ridiculous bobbin heads. That's what you do. Well, kind of. The metal part is aimed at the feet, though. The mere sight of the deterrent definitely gets into their heads. As reported by Ekaterina Aseva of Russia One News, Magadon's multitudes of pigeons and seagulls weren't exactly fans of the USSR's founder, and boy did they ever show it. Unsightliness is one thing, but the cost of power washing the te- uh, statue twice a year with pricey detergents was placing an intoler- intolerable burden, burden, get it, bird, burden. Oh, burden, gotcha, uh, you had puns there, you had, you had jokes. These weren't my puns, they just happened. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. They just be happenstance punks. Exactly. Authorities were scratching their heads trying to find a solution and, possibly while in mid-head scratch, came up with this. Strips of needle-like metal spikes that would ward off flying defecators from alighting upon Lenin's head and shoulders. The result? The statue's bronze countenance now gazes out over the public square on Gagarin Street, as always, though with a subtle difference which we just can't put our finger on because they're needles. Again, I'll post it, but uh, yeah, I mean, the top of the statue's head does look like something straight out of the movie Hellraiser, a bunch of 
thorny spikes, but you know what? If you don't want birds pooping on your statue, that's one way to do it. Yeah, that is a uh, a very good way to do it. You know, them head bobbing heavy metal on them. <laughs> <laughs> In Megadon, Russia. Megadon, Russia. Ah. <laughs> uh. Where do we come up with these? Well, folks, there's some interesting stuff out there. That's for sure. That is that is absolutely true. There's no lack of content for this show. But uh, speaking of lack of content, we are running out of time, which means we are headed into the break. When we come back, we have worst buys. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Unable to listen to the whole show? A recording of today's program will be available later today. Visit americamatters.us and click on the podcast link. Now, back to the show. I love it when our announcer is right on topic. This is the Christian right Phoenix. Right on time. <laughs> this is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Wednesday, July 29th. And as he mentioned, you know, if you missed a portion of the show or want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to americamatters.us. Click on the shows and podcast link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix radio show. And when you click in there, you have access to video and audio, or you can head over to wherever you get podcasts, whether it's Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, about 20 uh, locations in all. While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review. That way we know what you think and tell your friends, because as always, sharing is caring. Now, in this segment, uh, which we've titled Worst Buys, comes from just the creativity that we're starting to see coming out of this whole coronavirus pandemic. You know, there are a lot of people doing some very interesting things, and uh, such is the case as this uh, Instagram account called Worst Buy. It's a parody Instagram account full of fake products that will fill every single one of your humor needs for the day. Included, but not limited to, laughing, giggling, chuckling, and rolling on the floor laughing with tears streaming down your face. Just pick the emoji that you want. And so I wanted to run down some of the better ones that this Instagram account has put up, sort of given the world that we live in today, and, uh, you know, just have a good laugh at it. Obviously, we're not taking it too seriously. First up, uh, you know, obviously, since the dawn of video games, uh, simulation games have been huge you know obviously started out with the sims which was fun and you know you could send a monster cascading through the city that you just built or uh, you know some other sort of natural disaster all the way up until uh there are people who actively play and stream uh, some trucker game where basically you simulate trucking goods from state to state and location to location and i i can't quite see the uh uh the draw in Oh, <laughs> we just blew a tire. We, we, we didn't make weight. Ugh. Right. <laughs> one. No, I got to pull it right here. Even to the point that I've heard that there are in-game radio stations that uh, maybe I'll have to look into uh, getting our show on those radio stations that uh, players can listen to while they're trucking virtually across country. Well, yeah. all of that goes to that... say that in this parody Instagram account, there is a PlayStation 2 game. I'm... It's funny they picked PlayStation 2. It's called Karen Simulator 2000. Subtitle is, I want to speak to the manager. And it's highlighted with confront managers from all 50 states. Customize your minivan. 
Oh, uh, there's even a little. All, this is all close to home today, you know, dealing with truckers and then uh, Karens, things like that. All great <laughs> stuff. I'm picturing it well. Good, uh, good visuals here. Speaking of visuals, the the fine print on there is it's uh, rated M for mature. It says includes Starbucks expansion pack. Can you get all cashiers fired? Warning: Karen is violent. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, they they can be. Karen's can be. They get feisty. They're a little spicy sometimes. Uh, here's one that's almost specifically for you, Tony. It is. Uh, it looks like it's sort of a throwback to like an old coloring book or, or even informational book uh, that we grew up with back in the '80s, titled "Middle-Aged Mutant Ninja Turtles." It shows uh, an overweight Raph standing on a scale, looking depressed. Uh, Leonardo, who is uh, simply washing his car, Donatello munching on a bowl of salad, and uh, Mikey uh, uh, grocery shopping, and the, the subtitle says their best days are way behind them. That's awesome. I'm surprised that Raph is the uh, fat, overweight one. I kind of think with all that pizza Michelangelo ate, he'd be kind of the bigger dude. You... That's what happens to the party dude, man. <laughs> like, totally radical, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to post these on our Facebook page for everybody to check out. But uh, it's funny because Raph, in all his depression, even has like a little soul patch. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I look forward to seeing that. Anything <laughs> Turtles related, big fan of. <laughs> Even if it's all mockumentary stuff, all good stuff. Here's something that we've actually made two references to today. It's a guy holding a, uh, a DVD of a television show with uh, Ted Mosby sitting on the couch. <laughs> Obviously, you have uh, Barney and uh, uh, Marshall, Marshall. Li Lily and Robin in the background. Obviously, a reference to How I Met Your Mother. However, the title has been changed to How I Stretched a 15-Minute Story into Nine Effing Years. <laughs> uh, again, this is one of my favorite shows, but it did stretch. It could have just been, I think seven seasons would have called it good. I think eight and nine definitely was a was that extra stretch they could do with it. But uh... Well, and by the end, you know... It you sort of expected that the mother that they were referencing was somebody that they knew or somebody was introduced early on, but that wasn't even the case. So why even tell that first seven seasons worth of story if the mother wasn't introduced until season eight? Yeah, she, she was, uh, she was stretched out a long time. It was the constant tease, the <laughs> one with the yellow umbrella and they'd always tease the damn thing. All right, moving on. This is for all of those that uh, I don't think I ever knew anybody who actually owned them. I only ever saw them in doctor's offices, specifically uh, pediatrician's offices. But uh, given this current state of things, they have Where's Waldo Social Distancing Edition, which it's a giant open field. Obviously, Waldo's there and about four other people, and that's it. Mm, right. Obviously, yeah, you know, with the Where's Waldo, you're used to seeing yeah. pages just packed full of people, people on top of oh, people. Is, they, they is wanna... that the one where it's kind of like he's not even trying anymore? Exactly. I think that, yeah, you know, it's funny is they actually mocked that on The Simpsons a long time ago. Did they really? A long, a long time ago. They're, they're like Bart's like, wow, he ain't even trying anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, like him and there's like three other people on the page, you know, Michael. You know, and uh, actually, there's been a lot of uh, really good sort of uh, spinoffs of that. Uh, my boys have one called Where's the Wookiee, 
It's a uh, Star Wars spinoff, and it's just pages and pages of Star Wars, you know, uh, uh, um, planets and, and locations that you're used to, characters you're used to. Um, but obviously, instead of trying to find Waldo, you're looking for Chewbacca. I don't have my, I don't have a good Chewbacca this morning, but I I do now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> This next one is perfect for what's going on in the news today. It is a spoof on Silicon Valley, the hit HBO show. Uh, instead of Silicon Valley, it's called Tech CEOs. And, uh, you know, you've got five people on the cover doing the Steve Jobs pose that uh, uh, Silicon Valley used uh, for their promotion. Only in this case, it is the founders of Google, Amazon, Facebook, Apple, and Netflix. And it says at the top, we plunder society endlessly we're stealing from you right now um, instead of hbo it's lmao and it says we make our money collaborating with law enforcement and the military industrial complex um, that's debatable and obviously today if you are into the news you'll uh, you'll see how these guys get grilled Ooh. so yeah Let's go ahead and move on. The next one is a spoof on the Air Bud series. Uh, <laughs> shows the, the little dogs. Has a uh, American flag flying in the background with fireworks. Cute. Yeah, yeah. Very cute. cute. But instead yeah. of Air Bud, it's called Asshole. Sub <laughs> subtitle is Fireworks Suck. Save that crap for protests. Um you know, it, we talked about Animal Tales and, and Rough Riders in the last segment. Fireworks are not the friends of our dogs, but uh, nah. this this guy aptly put it together in a, a nice little Air Bud spoof. That's pretty dang funny. I like that. <laughs> There's your soundbite clip when you share it on Instagram later. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. Boy, this is one that uh, everybody struggles with. In fact, uh, you know, if you're you're planning breakfast in the morning, you have to plan when you brush your teeth accordingly. They've put together a Ben and Jerry's flavor called toothpaste and orange juice. Ugh, I don't like that. It's it's awful, and that doesn't just work with orange juice. I found uh, a lot of uh, citrusy type drinks like that. If you have fresh, if you just most recently and brush your teeth that gosh that flavor is just terrible it is so bad yeah you know like, why would you want it i <laughs> if i know that i'm going to be drinking orange juice i avoid brushing my teeth until after i've had the orange juice just because I, I can't do that combination together no that flavor is terrible awful all right moving on this is a sort of a take on the whole uh, uh cyber truck that tesla tried to roll out it is uh tesla Human waste containment garments, or better known as diapers, and shows a baby with a uh, very geometrical diaper on uh, from Tesla, and it's <laughs> Series XAEA-12, which, as we know, is the name of uh, Elon Musk's child. Ooh. <laughs> and then finally... So nice. Finally, as we head into our break, you know, obviously we've got a great... Don't know where I was going with it. We've got a whole hour lined up uh, after this. In fact, uh, we have a wonderful... You were going to say we have a wonderful guest. And, we do. And it's going to be an awesome second hour. We're going to compose ourselves. That we are. And, uh, and we're going to wake up, right? Yep. Along those lines. But okay. as we head into the break, we'll just leave this mental image with you. This person put together the pubic's cube. 
we'll go ahead and leave it at that. Folks, we're headed into oh, our buddy. long break. We'll see you guys in about seven minutes. Be sure to stay tuned. Fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. my hands of this weirdness. Welcome back, folks, to the second hour of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. This is Wednesday, July 29th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. I'm still joined by my co-host, Tony Sanfilippo, but we wanted to introduce a very special guest. Joining us now is Alice Little. She is a legal sex worker for the Moonlight Bunny Ranch and intimacy educator, among many other things, YouTuber, Patreon star, so many other things. But uh, Alice, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Yeah, we love doing these Ask Me Anything segments where we give people in somewhat unusual uh, professions a chance to answer questions from our audience that, uh, you know, maybe they've been too embarrassed to ask before or they've always been curious about. And so we open it up to the audience to ask those questions and then invite people on such as yourself, Alice, uh, to answer those questions uh, about as candidly as possible. Now, given the subject of what we're talking about today, obviously those with little kids listening may want to uh, provide some either earmuffs or, uh, you know, just plan accordingly. And uh, because we are... uh, uh, FCC regulated, we're going to be as clinical as possible uh, without uh, making it profane. And uh, luckily, Alice is uh, uh, schooled in uh, just that sort of thing, being an educator. So uh, I think it's a perfect fit. But uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about uh, who you are, Alice, where you work, and some of the things that you do? Yes, but my name's Alice Little. I'm a legal sex worker, sex educator, and intimacy expert. Normally, I work over at the Moonlight Bunny Ranch, but presently, like many Americans, I am working from home in a digital capacity, setting up online virtual dates and education for people who are also stuck at home and probably feeling a little bit lonely. Yeah, that's one of the things that, uh, you know, is a big concern right now is the, the lack of personal interaction, the lack of intimacy. And uh, I would assume that now, probably more than ever, what you're doing is uh, quite important. I, I would agree with that. We know from Maslow's hierarchy of needs pyramid that intimacy and connection is absolutely vital for people to feel fulfilled in life. Without that, we feel inhibited and without support. 
I couldn't agree more. Now, uh, before we get started on the questions from the audience, uh, I, I do have to mention that uh, I got turned on to you, pardon the pun, uh, from your interview <laughs> with uh, Tim Ferriss on the Tim Ferriss Show. Uh, I love, I mean, one of the best interview podcasts out there. But uh, folks, if, if you get a chance, listen to our show first and then go check out uh, uh, Tim's interview with Alice. It is uh, about an hour and a half, two hours, if I recall, but just super enlightening without some of the FCC restrictions that we've got here. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get into our questions. Uh, uh, speaking of what you're doing right now, Ben in Reno asks, how does the legal sex business work during the pandemic, if at all? Not at all. Right now, the brothels are closed, and we have remained closed throughout the entire duration of this COVID-19 experience. Previously, we believed to have been able to open during Phase 4, but as of the latest update from the governor, we apparently no longer have phases, and so we are awaiting his word as of the next press release to see if perhaps it'll give us more clarity and insight. But as of this moment, we do not have a reopen date. We are kind of in the dark on this one. Interesting, yeah. Um, you know, he did away with the phases. It looks more like on a case-by-case -case basis, but it's more reactive than it is proactive. Uh, speaking of mm. being proactive, have you guys started making plans on how it would work as soon as phase four would have opened or when you guys do actually open? There hasn't been any direct communication from the ranch itself to the ladies in regards to what a reopening plan would look like. However, a few other brothels have put out their different proposals and plans, and I'm pretty well in favor of the different things that they are putting out there. Hand sanitizer, temperature check, masking in all common areas. All of those things are going to be really important to ensuring that once we do reopen, it's in as safe of a manner as possible. Exactly. That one-on-one -on -one interaction, obviously, uh, taking as many precautions, even more so than you do already, is about as important as it gets. Now, oh, goodness, yes. <laughs> yeah. Now, speaking of the Bunny Ranch, we all know that uh, Dennis Hoff uh, sadly passed away, I believe it was last year. Uh, who owns or runs the Bunny Ranch right now? Uh, Mike from Dayton wants to know. Oh, right now it is owned and ran by uh, Madam Suzette. She took over in his stead. He had gifted the ranch to her as part of a inheritance, I believe. I don't know all the legal specifics. However, she is one who is now owning and operating the various locations. Very cool. Now, is Madam Suzette, uh, if anybody watched the HBO show Cat House, was she the one who was running it uh, in that series uh, as well? That is correct. Same lady. Very cool. So, yeah, you go in and, you know, instant uh, star celebrity, somebody that, uh, you know, a face you can recognize, uh, you know, if you're a fan of HBO. But uh, what we're going to do right now is we're going to head into our break, and then Alice is going to join us for the second segment with more questions from you guys, the listeners. Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255. Now, back to the show. 
Now back to the show indeed. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Wednesday, July 29th. We're not doing a call-in topic today because we have our very special guest, Alice Little, during our uh, AMA, Ask Me Anything segment. Again, she is a legal sex worker out of the Moonlight Bunny Ranch, an intimacy educator among uh, YouTube star, Patreon channel host, um, and then what was the other one? You said OnlyFans, correct? Yes. Perfect, perfect. Well, let's go ahead and get back into our questions from the audience, because that's what the segment's all about. Jen and Sparks asks, how would someone get into legal sex work? For instance, are there job postings on Indeed? No, not quite job postings on Indeed. So the process is actually quite elaborate. First, you choose which location in Nevada you're interested in working in. You'll then fill out their contact form, and then one of the hiring managers is going to reach out to you, ask for some basic photos to get an idea of your look and your image, ask a little bit about your personality, and then set up a time for a phone interview. At that point, you're going to go over a little bit more about your work history, what your experiences with the industry, if any, which totally okay if you're brand new to this, and they will help figure out a good time for you to come out and start working at the ranch. Of course, you don't just show up and get to start working. You actually have to first see a doctor, get your results back from the doctor, and then take those results down to the sheriff's office and apply for a working license. Then, and only then, are you able to then return and have your first day, quote-unquote, of work. And even then, of course, you'll be paired up with someone who will show you the ropes, as it were. That's great. It just goes to show how well-regulated it is. You know, it's not just fly by the seat of the pants. You know, it is, uh, there are, are huge steps that you guys have to take just to get to work. Now, uh, what would you see is the number of people who apply or are interested to the number of people who actually go through the whole process and are brought in and accepted? About 50-50. People are usually fairly confident by the time that they're filling out online. Of course, I'm not one of the hiring managers, so I don't know the exact statistics. But from people who generally ask me about it, I see about half of the people follow through and give it a try. Hey. That's pretty good odds, you know. That's not even the case with uh, a lot of the jobs that are available out there. And, you know, from what I understand, is it pays pretty well. It certainly can. Of course, like all things, when you're an independent contractor, the job is what you make of it. You get out of it what you put into it. So the more time, effort, and energy you commit and the harder you work, the better your results can be makes sense now uh, during the break we were talking a little bit about your clientele Um, are your customers primarily men women couples and if it's all of the above which do you prefer yes my guests include everyone including folks that are non-binary folks that are trans i don't judge based off of anything other than age you do have to be a legal and consenting adult in order for us to spend time together but beyond that it is a very safe judgment free space and then does that differ from worker to worker or um, are most people open to everybody it does vary from worker to worker some ladies are very comfortable others not so much so i i don't really want to speak for anybody other than myself but 
I would say that the majority of sex workers are very accepting, kind and understanding people that very much so open their doors to all. That's interesting. It actually brings up a question, uh, you know, how much of it for people is companionship versus just the act of sex? Oh, that's an easy one. Easily 90 to 95 percent of our interaction is based off of communication and connection. The sex is kind of understood, like, you know, that's going to happen. So the focus instead shifts away from the sex into everything else. And oftentimes I find that to be the most important part of an interaction. Interesting. Uh, Before I get to the next question, Tony, if there's anything that you want to ask, feel free to chime in. Uh, the only thing I could think about just throughout it, first off, I, you know, doing a little uh, background or a little, you know, getting to know who Alice Little is, you know, without actually getting to know you and just going off here. Um, congratulations on Companion of the Year through consecutive years. So congratulations Thank to you, you on that. You're welcome. Um, what do you do if you end up with a, uh, let's say, I work in retail, so if I get a difficult customer, I have to handle that different. Do you have you ever been in a situation where you had to handle somebody difficult, and how do you uh, how do you handle yourself in there? Because you you have like this bubbly personality that's very nice. You're very open, so I don't know if you encounter any of that. So, so I actually communicate with all of my guests through email before we ever actually meet face to face. I usually can get a really good feel for someone over email, and that gives me a good idea if we are or are not going to be a good match for each other. If for some reason I'm not comfortable with someone or perhaps I don't offer the service that they're inquiring about, I'll then refer them on to another colleague so this way they can find the person that's going to be the best fit for them. It's One of the most beautiful things about legal sex work in Nevada is that at the end of the day, it is my right to say no at any point in time for any reason I want, whenever I want, however I want, with or without any explanation. So it very much so is set up in a way that ladies aren't going to be put in a position that makes them feel uncomfortable without their very, very specific consent. That's awesome. Yeah, you're essentially your own boss, and you know you you make the rules. Uh, Speaking of which, uh, Kevin in Denver asks, uh, is there any kind of sex that you won't do? I I hesitate to do an activity called sploshing, which usually (laughs) involves the smearing of um, like food on someone's body and then licking it off of their body, whether that be like whipped cream or chocolate. I just really don't like that sensation so much and the sound kind of bothers me. It's like nails on a chalkboard a little right. bit. So I tend <laughs> yeah, not to yeah, I can imagine tend that. not to do that sort of thing just on a, a personal <laughs> level. <laughs> Interesting. And it's funny you bring that up because uh, sploshing is a term that I just heard for the first time maybe a week ago. Just completely out of context, but uh, it, it is funny that you bring that up. Um, where do you stand, uh, Dan asks in Reno, where do you stand on BDSM? Ooh, prior to being a legal sex worker, I actually was a BDSM educator and traveled around the country for a number of years. One of my very first jobs was at the front desk of a BDSM dungeon in New York City. So I am very, 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 very well versed in BDSM and kink activities. A number of people have set up kind of kink and BDSM lessons with me over the internet to kind of literally learn the ropes or chains or 
whatever it is you're into. That's awesome. So a uh, anonymous uh, listener from Sparks asked, what's the strangest encounter you've ever had? And if it's something you don't want to answer, by all means, feel free not to answer it. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a question that people have. It is. And I actually want to address the question itself because the way I look at experiences isn't through a lens of judgment. So I don't view things as weird or strange or uncomfortable or awkward. I view things instead as being unique and interesting, something that I can learn from. And one experience that sticks out in my mind as being particularly unique was somebody that came in who was a lunar which means that they have a balloon-specific fetish. In this case, it was even more specific to the long-style balloons that you would make, say, balloon animals out of. And instead of using chains or ropes, instead, this individual was interested in creating their own devices out of balloons, which was a very unique experience for me, something I had never come across before. And it was actually really fun. Like, if you think about it, it's just kind of this playful opportunity. So I don't really think of it as being strange so much as I think of it as being unique. And who doesn't love balloon animals, right? They're awesome. It's funny. Like, if you've ever walked into the Bunny Ranch, one of our bartenders occasionally will make little humping bunny balloon animals and set them (laughs) on the bar. That's awesome. That's awesome. That is pretty funny. Now, when when I put the call out for questions, I was surprised about the uh, number of female questions that came in. For instance, um, Marianne from Reno asked, what is your favorite toy for yourself and to use on others? Ooh, favorite toy for myself is an easy one. I love the Hitachi Magic Wand. I prefer the cordless version, so this way you're not tethered to the wall socket. However, when I'm playing with other people, I really enjoy different toys. Um, Hot Octopus makes a number of finger-style vibrators that are really intense and high quality that are quite rumbly. So I definitely would recommend giving those a try. That's awesome. Well, we're unfortunately into our final minute uh, that we have left with you. I mean, we could talk about this for an hour or more. So many questions that we weren't even able to get to. But Alice wanted to remind people again, uh, you know, one, how they can get a hold of you, uh, the services that you offer right now, and uh, some of the other things that uh, you do that uh, people may have questions about. Yes, best way to reach me is going to be Alice Little at thealicelittle.com. That's my email address. You can send any questions I didn't get, get to directly to that email. I'm available for video days, companionship or otherwise, education, sex, and otherwise as well. And of course, I am on YouTube if you're interested in seeing more of me. And you can find that at youtube.com backslash Alice little tv that's awesome and we'll put uh links and uh uh, the handles on our facebook page so that way people who may be driving can't write it down uh they can always come back to that page and find out what they need there alice thank you so much for joining us today and uh, we're definitely going to have to have you on again for sure anytime Thanks, Alice. We appreciate it. Awesome. Have a good one. When we come back, we have questions for men. So don't go anywhere. You won't want to miss it. We'll see you guys in a few.
Are you shy and don't want to talk on the air? Text us your questions or comments to 775-237-2266. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Wednesday, July 29th. Now, we have a thing called the Phoenix Line. It is a -a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys, the listeners and the watchers, an opportunity to chime in on anything. Perhaps you have a comment on our wonderful Ask Me Anything interview with Alice Little. She was charming. She was a lot of fun and uh, very candid, which I I, I truly appreciate. But uh, if you want to give us a call on the Phoenix Line, that number is 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973 for those who are alphanumerically impaired. Keep it entertaining. We will put those together and put them out in a future show. We've hit a little bit of a drought of the Phoenix uh, line calls recently. And like I said, we just need a couple more in order to put that segment together. And we've got some really good calls in there as well. So uh, by all means, don't be shy. Give us a call. It's only a voicemail. You don't have to deal with a live person at all. So with that being said, we go into our next segment, which is questions for men came across a list of uh, Twitter questions from women for men. Obviously, Tony and I are both men, so maybe we can answer them. Maybe not, but, uh, you know, some were funny. Only manly men. (laughs) Some were sad, but most are true. So uh, let's go ahead and start off with our first one from Twitter user Wilhelmina. says, why do men fall asleep after sex? Tony, what's your input there? That's a lot of effort and energy you're putting in there. You know, if you, you, it's the weirdest thing. Um, (laughs) You go, you're energetic, you're all into it. You get rolling. All that energy is put forth. And when the magic happens or the magic's done, it's sleepy time. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I don't know why that is, but yeah, yeah. I'm legit ready for bed after that. It is. I mean, or at least a power nap. Wait. When you say it takes a lot out of you, it, it is quite literal. Um, yeah. it's, it's just something <laughs> that men experience. And you know what? Some have a, a quicker refractory period than, uh, than others. But uh, sleep is always on the docket after a good lovemaking session. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it all ties in today. Why not? Why not? Here's one that, uh, Tony, probably more for you uh, being in the dating pool. From Twitter user Lovey Dovey Steph says, Why do men continue to message you over and over when you did not reply the first 68 times? Someone please explain it to me. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily you, Tony, but I know it exists. It does exist. And the reason why they do it is like, okay, so if you've engaged with somebody, right, in conversation, you've accepted, like you've liked them on Tinder or Facebook or wherever the hell you've liked them, right? And then you talk. Then you start a conversation, conversations going, and then you opt out. Well, it's kind of one of those things like some people, you know, you get busy. It happens. Sometimes people check like eh, Snapchats or messages. Like you can see they've checked it, but they didn't have time to respond. It happens. And even you, Definitely. You, you don't have the most normal of work schedules. Yeah, no. And I get it. Everybody's got a life. Now the problem with it, and this is where I have a huge problem with this. So I could, this is a great, a great question for the Twitter user. All you simply have to just say is I'm not interested. Thanks. Yeah. That's it. Just then you cut and dry it right there. Because if you don't cut and dry it, you like, typically you have to just get the hint. And I'm pretty used to that. Like, 
Uh, great example, uh, talked to a girl on Saturday that I had met on a dating site, had great conversation. Sunday, you know, attempted to re-talk again, you know, because I felt like that conversation had went well, didn't hear back, haven't messaged back since because I'm not going to keep putting forth the effort. Now, the problem is, is I think they just, it's easier to just say, I'm not going to reply, but uh, that's why you're going to get it 68 times is because <laughs> that person probably thinks like there was a connection and stuff. So right. just simply say, I'm not interested and you'll save yourself some trouble. Yeah. Ladies, the, the honesty is better than ghosting yeah. and just not responding yeah. because we, we realize people get busy and maybe we think you're getting busy not in that sense, but, uh, you know, it, yeah, you it's just, just easy. It's easy. We get yeah. the, you get the hint, you know, and, uh, girls do it. It's a common thing. Guys do it too. It, it's a real common crappy thing in the dating world right now. I've just learned whatever. I don't take it personal it is what it is. You move on to the next. And most of know? us can take the rejection. So yeah, go ahead and do it. Yeah. All right. This next one from Twitter user, Rudd a poet. There's a video of somebody pouring gasoline on a basketball, then lighting it on fire. And obviously this is evidenced by a whole segment that we have on Thursdays called Florida Man. The question is, why do men flirt with death? Um, oh, my! He's on fire! I was picturing NBA Jam on that um, when you <laughs> mentioned the ball on fire right there. Um, Boom, <laughs> I, I think... Part of it is stupidity, you know, not not yeah. every, not every guy is intelligent. And part of it is just the adrenaline rush. You know, guys do things to sort of push the envelope. And uh, yeah, uh, unfortunately, we see it play out in some of the worst ways when you deal with, you know, Darwin Awards, Florida Man, those sorts of things. Yeah. Well, and I think it comes to when you're a, when you're a little boy, man, you're fearless. You just you do the crazy things because you feel like you're invincible. It's not until you get hurt or you learn a hard lesson that uh, some of these things you can't do. So that's why men flirt with death things because fearless, baby, fearless. Makes sense. All right, moving on with our next question for men from Twitter. Twitter user, it's me. Hey there, I got to say that this isn't just men. Question is, why do men snore? Aren't they annoying enough while they're conscious? Why must we suffer even while they sleep? I got news for you. Women snore too. But Yeah, uh, I was going to say it sound that kind of sounds like a bitter ass woman that in this scenario when I say bitter ass woman, hold on, easy. I came out wrong. But it just sounds like that girl's in a bad relationship and she's very bitter cuz she's put up with it. Real simple. Your man snores and you love your man, um go sleep in the other room. I have numerous friends that are married and mm-hmm. they can't stand because their significant other snores so loud or so they just sleep in separate rooms, and but they have a happy marriage. So, uh, yeah, they can't help it. It's not like the guy falls asleep and he's like, <laughs> maybe he is to piss you off, but typically they don't know. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like uh, my ex-wife told me I snored, and I'm just like, I don't snore, but I'm I don't know if I snore. I'm not hovering above my body to to find out. Right. Just, oh, sorry. Or, or at the very least, can't least. Give them a courtesy poke. You know, sometimes it's yeah. just a matter of turning over and that snoring goes away. Yeah. All right. Moving on with our questions for men. Twitter user Badgy Alina. <laughs> Badgy. Name, my name is Badgy, and I am here for the Twitter message for you. I got to say, people, when you pick your Twitter names, make it an easy one to read. 
That's Magic be- Gaga. Yeah, that's beside the point. Anyway, uh, the question is, why do men refuse to go in your bag when you ask for something? They just pass the whole thing. I would say it's uh, because we're afraid of what we're going to find in there. Yeah, you never know. There the- might be a special, special lipstick or gloss that we just don't want to see in there no and it's also just common courtesy you don't go through the purse like and sometimes it's hard to find like not all girls but a few girls that i have dated their bags have been a mess (laughs) they're just like my ex-wife's that thing it was an endless pit i don't know what the hell you were going to pull out of that thing i was just going to say i think jesse's bag is the one from mary poppins where no matter how far you go digging one you can't find it it's got 18 pockets inside it's just easier to hand the bag over, and most of the time they know exactly which pocket it's in. Yeah, well, and I found uh, with uh, with the ex-wife was, she'd be like, can you grab this? And I said, sure. She goes, well, it's in that pocket. And when I couldn't find it, she goes, I said it's in the pocket. I'm like, it ain't in here. And then when you hand it, it's like in this other one, and then they open up the zipper. Oh, it was right here. <laughs> uh, I've been the okay, victim of that then. a few times. Yeah, I've fallen victim to that, too. So <laughs> that's why. That's why we hand it to you. It's all, easy. all right. Moving on. Twitter user Real Tambo asks, why do men prefer to apologize at night? Answer simple. Most guys just want to avoid conf- conflict. If you apologize at night and then go to bed, guess what? You don't have to deal with it. Not saying that you shouldn't deal with it, because you absolutely should, but I'm just saying that's typically the way men think. Oh, yeah. Well, and then the evening, you're a little more relaxed because your day's over. Like you've done your work day or whatever you've done that day and it's unwind time. Just kind of easier to say, eh, you know, just because. <laughs> still because, as my nephews would used to say, still because. All right. This next one, Proji Mini asks, why do men stay longer in their cars when they reach home? Not something I'm particularly familiar with but if that's the case you may want to ask the larger question of uh, what's wrong with my relationship because they're probably contemplating even going inside i do that when i get to work usually sometimes i'll sit in my car because i don't you know i i i love you know where i work and everything but there are those days where i sit and i'm like holy bleep i don't know if i uh if i could go in there today i don't know if i want to do this um I can't answer the home thing. I've sat in my car. Sometimes I'm I'm listening, uh, I'm finishing out a song that I wanted to listen to, or I'm listening to a podcast and I'm just waiting for a second. Um, I'll do that sometimes. Not typically um, a common thing, but I have done it a few times, and it's usually just because of those reasons. Fair enough. Um, yeah, when I had Sirius, I mean, I couldn't take Sirius inside. I'm not paying the extra fee, so I'd want to hear the rest of that segment or something. So yeah, yeah. That absolutely makes sense. All right, and then finally, as we head into the break, the question from Hentai Hev on Twitter, <laughs> why do men never lotion their bodies after shower? One word, hair. Yeah, I, I put lotion on. I don't, that's a pretty normal thing for me, so I don't, I don't know. Hey, there you go. Tony's the exception to the rule. Hey, folks, if, uh, you know, if you've got a lady that you want to introduce Tony to, go ahead and uh, reach out to him, and maybe he can ask a few or answer a few of those questions. When we come, yeah! when we come <laughs> back, we have this day in history. Going to drop a little knowledge, keep you entertained. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
Want to expand your advertising dollar? Sponsor this or any America Matters program by calling 775-827-8900, extension 2. Now, back to the show. And we are back. We made it to the final segment of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show on this Wednesday, July 29th. Well, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to americamatters.us, click on the shows and podcast link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix radio show. From there, you can get video. You can also get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts, whether that's Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Dozer, Doozer, Deezer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? Yes. <laughs> that scared me <laughs> while you're there be sure to subscribe so you always have the latest episode leave a review let us know what you think and as always tell your friends because why tone sharing is caring sharing is and Karen caring. drives a minivan <laughs> and she wants to speak to your manager and play the game on playstation 2 exactly well folks yeah. This being the final segment of the show, it's always a little sad time, but we like to uh, take you out with a little knowledge, hopefully keep you entertained, which is why I'm going to go ahead and take you through this day in history. Reversing the globe for the stories that turn the world on its head, it's this day in history with your correspondent on the beat, Ryan Wink. And Ryan is out on a job this week. Hopefully we'll see him back soon. But in the meantime, yours truly is going to go ahead and lead you through. <laughs> All right. First up, this day in 1279, five emissaries dispatched by Kublai Khan with a letter from the Mongol Yuan, Yuan dynasty are beheaded by Japan. Uh, apparently Japan didn't take too kindly to that letter, I guess. No, they were not having that. Nope. Not at all. At all. Not in the slightest. Mm, more violent history. This day in 1609, Samuel de Champlain shoots and kills two Iroquois chiefs at Ticonderoga, New York, setting the stage for French Iroquois conflicts for the next 150 years. Apparently, he did not think that one through. No, he definitely did not. And I can't even give you that good job, but today not for that one no no that guy, that guy gets a thumbs downer he does start yeah he get, he get he's gonna get a <laughs> sorry buddy don't like you i think i had a more appropriate uh, sound bite for him way to go a-hole there you go that's <laughs> the one i don't i don't have that sound bite on here so i'm glad you do yeah i can send it to you if you need all right okay. this day in 1715 10 spanish treasure galleons sunk off the florida coast by a hurricane i would assume at this point treasure seekers have already uh found those uh galleons and have looted them yes yeah me mates we say of the seven season we find these ships for the medallions <laughs> yeah ah uh, steve the pirate Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> are you ready kids <laughs> Is that, yeah, okay. is that SpongeBob SquarePants? <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on this day in 1848. Jeez, Louise. Due to the Irish potato famine, the Tipperary Revolt, an unsuccessful nationalist revolt against British rule put down by police. Um, luckily, they recovered, but uh, there were some definite casualties uh, mm. due to that famine, which is kind of sad. That is sad. Sad news, everybody. 
It's just the tip. <laughs> tip of the news. <laughs> tip of the cap. Hey, just the tip, tip of the cap to you. I don't know. <sighs> All right, moving it's on. the end of the show. Hope still not awake. 1905, U.S. Secretary of War William Howard Taft, later president, makes secret agreement with Japanese Prime Minister Katsura agreeing to Japanese free reign in Korea in return for non-interference with the U.S. in the Philippines. I didn't even know that took place. I didn't either, and I'm, Fil- I'm half Filipino. I didn't even know that. See, you learned something about your heritage today. There you go. I need to get more in-depth with my heritage. That would be probably better. Uh, uh, go check out Joe Coy. He'll uh, he'll school you at least a little bit, uh, and he's a f- phenomenal stand-up comedian. Joe Coy. Okay, I'll check him out. <laughs> All right. Uh, depending on where you stand on this one, wow. Uh, this day in 1907, Sir Robert Baden-Powell forms Boy Scouts in England. Not the Boy Scouts of America, but in England. Uh, I grew up a Cub Scout, Boy Scout, learned a lot from it was never taken advantage of, but uh, unfortunately, there were people who were. I was a wee blow, and I only partook in one pine derby. <laughs> Those pine wood that derbies were fun. Yeah, they were. My dad and I, we we built a pretty damn good pine derby car. It was a uh, candy apple red. It was it was awesome. I don't remember. I didn't take first. I think I, was, I took second in like, I, but I only did the wee blows because uh, couldn't I don't know why I didn't go further. I had a lot of fun. I had fun in my one uh, entry level. That was a fun year. It's a big time commitment, so. Yeah. All right, moving on. This day in 1915, Pirate Honus Wagner, not Yar Pirate, but baseball player Pirate, Honus Wagner at 41 hits a Grand Slam home run. Yar, me mateys, I still hits the home runs, and I don't cares because I plays for the Pirates. Yar. And if you happen to have his rookie baseball card, then uh, you are in possession of a quite valuable piece of memorabilia. Oh, I wish. Uh, Do not have that. All right. Uh, This day in 1920, Mexican rebel Pancho Villa surrenders. Doesn't say who he surrenders to, but, uh, you know, he's one of those uh, figures of lore that uh, wasn't he the main bad? No, no, no. It was El Guapo in the Three Amigos. Ah, El Guapo. Pancho Villa, please tap out. (laughs) Oh, this day is very important for animation. Today in 1928, test footage first created for Walt Disney's Steamboat Willie with Mickey Mouse was created. Uh, Obviously. (laughs) Yep. First time we saw Mickey Mouse, and obviously he's become, you know, the huge sensation that we all know today. Yeah, Mitt Mouse. Mitt Mouse. Mitt Mouse. What was that show? Uh. I forget what show, but they couldn't say Mickey Mouse. It was a little Asian lady. She called it Mitt Mouse. I'm Mitt Mouse. Did you say Mickey Mouse? No, Mitt Mouse. I don't remember. I think it was New Girl, but I could be wrong. I don't remember. Not ringing a bell to me. but No. Yeah, Mitt Mouse. Oh, holy Christian. What <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> Steamboat Willie. <laughs> This day in 1954, publication of Fellowship of the Ring, first volume of the Lord of the Rings series by J.R.R. Tolkien, published by George Allen and Unwin in London. And obviously, we have uh, that series to thank for the phenomenal movies that uh, were released uh, mid 2000s. Yes, Andons in London, princesses, my precious. How it comes to theaters in the early 2000s, is this I've yes, <laughs> precious. 
Ah, a, a nice little appearance from Gollum there. Yes. All right, moving Lisa on. We're gonna call Alice later. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, moving on, this might explain uh, for uh, the the way he talks and the way he sings. This day in 1961, Bob Dylan is injured in a car accident. I wonder hey, if... It's your favorite singer, man. Oh. Him and Yoko, like, your personal hell would be you with Yoko Ono and Bob Dylan. Uh, the, the two of them playing a personal concert to me would be... Yeah, my personal hell, pretty much. That would be, yeah, that'd be just one vision of hell. That'd be like one stage of hell for you. <laughs> this might have been hell for this guy, uh, and you might know the reason behind it, Tony, but uh, this day in 1991, uh, Yankee Stadium fans throw cups and blow-up dolls at Jose Canseco. Jose Canseco, that's uh, Mr. Canseco was... Uh, Mr. Steroid, awesome ball player in the 80s, but obviously roided up, admitted it, started burying people, so it doesn't surprise me. Uh, the blow-up doll thing, I think he had a sex scandal back then, I think. He might have. I, 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 I could be wrong. I, don't I think recall. he had something. That guy was always a heat magnet. He always had some type of issue. Right. So that was 1991, uh, with something I skipped over because it's not on my list, but we talked about during the break. Uh, this day in 1984, one of our favorite bands, Metallica, released Ride the Lightning. Yo! <laughs> Great. That album holds up well. You know, I was actually having a discussion with uh, one of my coworkers because um, he was listening to the Master of Puppets album. And uh, we just discussed, like, how in the hell in the 80s did Metallica sound so damn good? I mean, I still like him today, obviously, one of our favorite bands, but... Just the stuff they were doing in the 80s was just unreal, man. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. Still holds up very well. Ride the Lightning, fantastic album. That it is. All right. Uh, this day in 1995, many people don't remember them as a expansion franchise, but uh, the Carolina Panthers beat the Jacksonville, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars in their first NFL, God, I can't speak, first NFL exhibition game, 20-14. to 14. Yeah, um, George Seifert was the original uh, coach of the Carolina Panthers. That's right. That's and right. then Tom Coughlin was the first Jaguars one, I believe. So, I could be wrong on the Jaguars one, but uh, Seifert, I remember, because he left the 49ers and uh, he went over to Carolina. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm missing football big time. Hopefully we'll see it here soon. But uh, as we head into our last minute of the show for today, let's hit up some holidays. Today is... Hello, you cool cats and kittens. International Tiger Day. You can <laughs> celebrate there. That was terrible. National Chicken Wing Day. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Nas I might have to eat me one today. Also delicious, National Lasagna Day. Oh, man, it ain't even Monday, but lasagna sounds good. And a day that I can't quite wrap my head around, National Cheese Sacrifice Purchase Day. I don't know how you would sacrifice cheese unless you're eating the cheese. And I like cheese, so I will sacrifice it to my belly. Well, we're sacrificing the end of this show. Folks, that does it for a Wednesday. Tune in tomorrow for an all-new Christian Phoenix radio show on a Thursday. In the meantime, have a wonderful Wednesday, folks. Thank you.